Did you know that liquid paper, also known as whiteout, was invented in Dallas, Texas by Betty Nesmith Graham? She created the concoction in her kitchen while working as a secretary who was often annoyed by one error causing her to have to toss out an entire document. Betty named her product Mistakeout and began bottling it herself in 1958. She sold her Mistakeout company in 1979 to Gillette for a cool $47.5 million. She also maintained the royalties to her product. We're going to have another trigger warning for this episode because we talk about death, murder, and there's a mention of child prostitution in here. I know those can be touchy topics. Again, I don't go into great detail about these sorts of things, but it's awful, but it happened in the past, and we're not going to just pass over horrible histories. We're going to lay it all out here for y'all. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Hey y'all, welcome back to Lore of the South with me, your host, Kelly Cruz. Glad y'all have decided to join us again. And if you're new here, thanks for the download. I hope y'all like what you hear. And if you do, please like and subscribe. Hit those five stars and maybe tell a friend about Lore of the South. All of those things help future listeners find us. Today's episode comes from my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. Most people who know me know I'm a Texas native, though I've lived longer in North Florida than I ever did in the motherland. Here are a couple of things that Texans who move out of the homeland find weird. First thing I noticed as a kid was where were all the giant-ass state flags? You cannot drive down a highway in Texas without seeing some garrison-sized state flags billowing. Why aren't half the menu items in your new state don't have their names in the titles? You can't go to a restaurant in Texas and not at least have a third of the menu items have Texas in the title. Texas-style barbecue, a Texas-style burger, Texas catfish for that matter. I mean, we don't have those things in Florida. I guess it's just one of those pride things in Texas. Um, Something else I had no clue about when we first moved to Florida was that, um, why weren't we saying the pledge to Florida? And yeah, Texas is the only state that has its own pledge. Um, Every morning you're supposed to say Pledge of Allegiance to the United States. Then you said the Pledge to Texas. We sang both the Star Spangled Banner and the Eyes of Texas are upon you. But I digress. As a native Texan who's been brought up in the wild state of Florida, I give you a brief history of the Fort Worth Stockyards and a sprinkling of her ghost stories. Fort Worth became stop on the Chisholm Trail just after the end of the Civil War. Fort Worth was a great place for the cowboys and drovers tired from the long cattle drive to rest up, find a drink, and maybe a little feminine company for the night. Before continuing north onto Kansas, where their massive cattle herds would be sold and loaded onto cattle cars to continue further northward onto Chicago. In 1876, the railroad came to Fort Worth and the elite of the city saw an opportunity to change Fort Worth from a stopover on the Chisholm Trail to a destination. In 1887, the city of Fort Worth built the Union Stockyards, a mere two miles north of the Tarrant County Courthouse. The city then began courting investors from Boston. Luck would have it, they found one man by the name of Simpson. He came down to Fort Worth in 1893 to inspect the Union Stockyards. And it just so happened, at that time, the holding pens were bursting with livestock due to a train worker strike. 
Simpson, convinced he was making a sound investment, moved ahead with the deal and purchased the stockyards for the odd sum of $133,333.33. He promptly changed the name from the Union Stockyards to the Fort Worth Stockyards, sometimes called Cowtown by the locals because of the number of cattle that were normally in residence. Simpson quickly brought in meatpackers, Armour and Swift, who both built plants just a stone's throw away from the actual stockyards themselves. They began producing in 1902. Armour ran until 1962, and Swift lasted a decade longer. Also in 1902, the Exchange Building was built. It was built to house the railroad office, a telegraph office, and livestock commission companies. It became known as the Wall Street of the West. With the success of the exchange, it was soon indicated to the owners of the Fort Worth stockyards that a grand coliseum was needed. It would aid in the sale and show of good breeding stock, all indoors, and would protect the buyers, sellers, and expensive livestock from Texas' unpredictable weather. They also would hold some of the first rodeos here as well. We now know the Grand Coliseum by the name of Cowtown Coliseum. You can still see rodeos here and at several stock shows that it plays host to every year. To go along with the stockyards, the exchange, the Coliseum, there had to be numerous support businesses. One such business is the Stockyard Hotel, built in 1910. Now this hotel is and was a bit more on the upscale side. It attracted a varied array of guests, from oil tycoons to outlaws, Bonnie and Clyde famously amongst them. The notorious pair was said to have loved Fort Worth so much they didn't bother to rob any of the businesses. Guests and staff report seeing a full-body apparition of a rough-and-tumble-looking cowboy that has come to be known as Jesse. They speculate that he probably never had the means during his lifetime to actually have stayed in the hotel, but has chosen to spend his afterlife here. His spurs are often heard chinking their way down the corridors. When his apparition is seen, he never interacts with the witnesses, just goes about his ghostly business. A little girl has been seen stepping off the elevator onto the second floor. She takes a couple steps and then just disappears. She's oftentimes blamed for any malfunctions that might occur in the hotel elevators. And then lastly, we come to old Jake, a former employee of the hotel. It's reported that he worked for the hotel for 30 plus years and once he died, his spirit continued to report to duty. Jake is known to help out guests by locking doors when they have left their rooms unsecured. So if you ever find yourself staying at the Stockyard Hotel, make sure to keep your room keys on you. The Exchange and the Coliseum are also known paranormal hotspots. Built in 1902, the first rodeo was held there in 1908, and there have been sightings of a black spectral horse that gallops proudly around the arena before disappearing. There are also many sightings of cowboys dressed in outdated western wear. Are these the ghosts of cowboys who might have met an untimely end while riding in the rodeo? There's also EVPs that say, Pig and a pig and a pig and a pig and a cow and a cow and a cow. Maybe vocal impressions left over from some stock show from yesteryear or an old auctioneer maybe? Last tale that we have to uncover from the Coliseum is one of murder. In the early 1900s, the body of a prostitute was found on the floor of the arena. 
By her appearance, law enforcement judged that she had been murdered elsewhere, but her body had been dumped in the arena to quickly be found. Though we don't know the victim's name, she is said to still be lingering, and visitors can smell a scent of floral perfume. The exchange is home of the ghost of a little girl who has been spotted over the years, and her sad story goes like this. In the early days of the exchange, one of its businessmen unknowingly had his small daughter follow him to work. Upon his discovery of her, he thought there would be no harm in allowing the little girl to explore the building and play while he worked. Well, little did anyone know that the child had decided to use the vault as her playground. An exchange employee unwittingly shut the little girl inside the vault. She was discovered dead from suffocation the next morning. She is now seen skipping down the hallways. Her little face can sometimes be seen staring from the upstairs window. One of the eeriest things that she left behind are two tiny handprints that can sometimes be spotted on the inside of the vault door. I think we'll end our ghost stories of the Fort Worth Stockyards at the same places many cowboys probably ended their brief stays. At a brothel or two. Miss Molly's, formerly a speakeasy, and a low-end brothel in the 1930s was run by a woman known as Miss Josie. She was incredibly cruel to her girls, most of who were just children, ages 11 to 15. If the girls didn't meet their quotas, she would lock them in a small dark closets without food or water or sanitation facilities until she deemed it fit to release them. This created a very unhealthy competition between the girls. They would poison each other's food and lotions, would sometimes cause the death of their housemate. Miss Josie also had a daughter who disappeared at the age of eight. It's been long speculated that Josie more than likely killed the child, though the child's disappearance was never investigated. Male guests at Miss Molly's today report the feeling of having their shoulders rubbed and heads patted, whereas the female guests feel, quote, unwanted. The next house of ill repute, known for its more upscale clientele, was in what's today a steakhouse. The new owners were so embarrassed by what used to be above the restaurant that they threw out all evidence that could give away what used to be housed up there. In spite of the owner's best intentions, a red rocking chair that was a favorite of the former madam of the building reappeared. You can still hear bells and buzzers going off that signaled that a customer's time was up. They even had to go as far as to board up the upper floor windows because restaurant patrons would ask about the women smiling and waving to them from the second floor. If ever in Fort Worth, make sure you take the time to visit Cowtown. It's still a lively place for both the living and the dead. A quick Google search will find several ghost tours that are available. Eat at a haunted steakhouse, maybe stay the night at a haunted hotel or B&B. And thank you for joining us on Lore of the South. Please remember to review and look us up on social media. I always post pics to go along with each episode. And you might even be able to help choose the topics of future episodes. I'm also looking for personal and family histories and ghost stories. So feel free to email them to me at loreofthesouth at gmail.com. And one more point, trying to get some more written reviews in. And the first 10 people who send me a screen grab of their written review to lorethesouth at gmail.com, I will mail y'all a magnet. So be sure to include your address in the email. 
and we'll talk to y'all later on lore of the south whoops i'm back needed to throw in a quick thank you to listener david leslie for supplying the voice of the auctioneer thanks david and thanks for listening